Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and today's show is all about helping you to have the best skin that you can have at midlife, because I know it's an issue that I actually work on so much myself, and I know many of my clients and friends and followers do, so I'm super excited to welcome to the show Dr. Mary Alice Min Minya, and she is a Harvard-trained double board-certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon, and she's a leading expert on skin health and skin care. She is the host of The Skin Real, a podcast for people looking for real skin care guidance by true skin experts, where she emphasizes a holistic and preventative approach to skin health and aesthetics. With over 15 years of clinical experience, she is an invited speaker on podcasts at national meetings and is recognized for her artistic eye and surgical skills while helping people feel good in their own skin. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Dr. Mina. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Ellen. I love the work that you're doing. And I think this is such an important stage in a woman's life that has been forgotten for so long. And I love that people are finally talking about it. Yeah, it is. Because I think at midlife, we start to feel a little invisible, right? We always yeah. feel like I have to stay young. And I think it's this really um, balanced approach where we don't want to, we can't look like our 26 year old self and we want to right. take care of our skin and how we look and not end up going overboard. And so I love that you're taking more of a natural approach. And so I think it's a nice compliment because I think you, you, so much of my work is about changing from the inside out, but it's also really important to take care of your skin because when you look your best, you feel better mentally as well. Do you find that with your, your clients, when you help people with their skin, they have more confidence, they feel oh, better I, themselves. I, Absolutely. I, uh, skin conditions, they're right there. Everyone can see it. No one knows if you have hypertension necessarily, but they can tell if you've got your psoriasis is flaring or you have very severe acne or the scars from it. And I, I also love to talk about how skincare is really whole body care that a lot of times people think skincare is just, well, what do I put on my skin? But it's really so much more and it, it's how you take care of yourself first and foremost. But yes, when what I notice as a woman in my mid forties and with my friends who are kind of approaching middle age, right? that um, they're starting to notice changes when they look in the mirror and they are feeling like they still feel young on the inside and they feel like what's they're seeing on the outside doesn't reflect that. And they're starting to feel invisible, starting to feel discouraged. And then they're feeling overwhelmed by everything. They're being bombarded by all these uh, ads and beautiful celebrities and try this and do that. And, and it, it can get overwhelming. Like, well, what do I really need to do? And so that's kind of why I started the podcast. Just, just give people some good information about your skin health. Yeah, there is a lot out there. You know, there's so many products. I actually don't like the moniker anti-aging because I think that there's no such thing as anti-aging, like pro-aging, or I don't know your take on that is, but let's talk about our skincare needs. And I also would love to, you know, get into some of the specific things like wrinkles and age spots and do things like face yoga really work. So let's start off by talking about how do you know what kind of skin care routine is right for you? So if you're looking at something on the internet or TV and you see a product, how do you know what's right for you? 
Yeah. Well, before, but just because I, I love that you brought up the the point about anti-aging and, and then pro-aging as this new term. And in fact, I'm actually giving a talk on this at, at the American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery. And I, I love this term and I don't want people to think, oh, this is just like cosmetic companies rebranding. It's still the same old, you know, uh, stuff. But yeah, pro-aging is taking a positive preventative and proactive approach to aging. It's not trying to undo everything. It's trying not trying to stop time and prevent aging. It's just trying to embrace it, to understand. And I, I say there's sort of three approaches to, to pro-aging. You've got prevention, you've got maintenance, and then regeneration. And those things uh, I think can help you look and feel your best, help you have healthy skin, which is really the ultimate goal in a healthy body. And when you have that healthy body and strong and your skin's going to glow too. So yeah, I love that we're talking about pro-aging and I love, that's a whole nother episode too. <laughs> but yeah, so to answer your question, what uh, I think it was, how do you know what product is right for you? Yeah, is that how do right? you know what, what kind of skin care routine you need? Because everybody yeah. is different. How do you know? I mean, obviously we're looking at people from their forties all the way into their sixties when we're talking about midlife, even midlife now is getting defined as like seventies, um, changing in terms of, you know, everybody is different. How do you know yeah. it's right for you? Yeah. Well, so there are a few basics that most people, I think, pretty universally need, and it can be really simple. It's a gentle cleanser, a moisturizer and sunscreen. And that's really all you need, um, period, right? You don't have to do, and I don't use much more than that. So those are kind of your basics. But then what I'll tell people is uh, try to determine what skin type you have. So skin types are whether you have really dry skin. Do you have really oily skin? Do you have combination skin? Do you have sensitive skin? And you can do a, a test to determine this by washing your face, and then pat it dry, and then don't put anything on your skin for about an hour, and then check back in with your skin and take a look in the mirror. How does it feel? Does it feel really dry? Do you have flakiness on your face? Or is it pretty oily already after that hour? And by doing that, you can kind of gauge what skin type you have. And it's important to know just because when you were 16 or 25, you had oily skin, it doesn't mean that you're always gonna have that. And your skin type can change. It's fluid. It's it's not going to always be static. But traditionally, what happens is as we age, especially perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal, our skin gets drier because we have a harder time holding on to moisture and our skin barrier uh, lacks some of that hydration. And so in general, women or in men, but especially women will notice that their skin uh, needs more hydration as they get older. So if that's you, then you want to look for things that are more uh, cream-based or even oil-based, things that are more hydrating. Um, in general, I don't love fragrances. So whether you have sensitive skin or not, I think just keep it really simple. Don't You don't need to smell like lavender per se. Um, so you don't necessarily need to have everything you're putting on your skin have a fragrance and that can kind of set you up for an allergy. But yeah, I mean, just a hydrating, nourishing cleanser, moisturizer and sunscreen, that's really all you need if you want to be truly, um, you know, a minimalist. 
And any specific ingredients that people should look for? And I don't know if you have a specific brands that you recommend. So if someone's listening, going like, I hear all this stuff on the internet. I mean, you get bombarded. They know that you're at midlife. Yeah. You are a moving target. I have to say, anytime I go on my social, it's always, I get bombarded by all kinds of products. Um, but how do we know, like, what are really key ingredients? We go more of the natural. I see a lot of things like vitamin C and various, you know, serums. And then also, um, are there specific uh, companies that you recommend? Yeah. So I pretty much get all my stuff at the drugstore. So you do not need to spend a lot of money on skincare products. I've been using the Dove Beauty Bar White Soap. I don't, they like to call it a cleanser, not soap, but I've been using that. I remember recommending that for uh, babies when I was doing my pediatric dermatology rotation. And I've been using that since I was probably 20 and people always send me other cleansers to try. And I'm like, this one works. It's really hydrating. I don't see the problem. So I would say just find one and stick with it. Don't uh, You don't have to constantly be trying different things or changing it up. But if your skin is dry, look for a, um, a, a product that maybe says that it's more hydrating. You don't want to look for lotions or gels or anything with alcohol because that's going to dry your skin. But I, you know, the brands like Nutri Gina, Avino, La Roche-Posay, Dove, these are all really well-known uh, cosmetic and, and beauty companies. They have done a lot of research into their products. They spend a lot of money on research and development. And I think they make very solid, good skincare products at a great price point. And that's pretty much what I use for my skincare. Um, now, certainly, I know some people really just love the luxury of opening up a beautiful bottle or beautiful packaging or, um, you know, they're really into that. And that's not me. But if that is you and you want to go a little bit, um, a little bit fancier, a lot of dermatologists in their office will sell products. And again, these are usually um very well studied and usually dermatologists recommended, right? If we're selling them in our office. So you could always go that route too, but please don't, I don't want your listeners to think that you have to pay $150 for a moisturizer uh, to get the benefits because I'm telling you, I've never spent that and I don't, that's not where I get my products. So and it can be really, really simple. And the other key thing with skincare is you have to like how it feels. So what I like on my skin, you may not like on yours. So it's not like one is better than the other. And sometimes it does take trial and error to say, you know what, that felt sticky to me, or I didn't like how that smelled, or um, I want something more hydrating. So everyone's different. So there is some like playing around and seeing what you like and feel. Um, but I think keep it simple. Uh, you don't need to be using a lot of actives. Vitamin C is one of these extras that I do like. Again, I get mine. Um, let's see. I think La Roche Posay makes a good one. CeraVe makes a good one. Um, you can also get, of course, Skin um, SkinCeuticals has the you know the original one, but that's very very expensive. So you certainly don't need to get that. But I think that's a great uh, additional product to use in the morning. And um, I also use a vitamin A cream at night. So those are sort of my two extras in that skincare uh, routine I mentioned earlier. I love that because there's some products are so incredibly expensive. Yeah. You need to mortgage your house to, oh my to, gosh. to pay for them. And you're saying that the plain old drugstore stuff is just fine. 
it's it's more than fine. It's super well studied. It's well developed. It's it's great. So um, I mean, if you've got extra money and if you don't care, then fine, go do that if you like. But um, I feel like people think they have to do that, and so that's why I'm always like on a mission, like. I think my cleanser is, you know, $2 and my moisturizer is like the CeraVe and the, uh, the classic one in the tub that's blue and white. And, uh, I like La Roche-Posay sunscreen, but, um, you know, I think my splurge is Elta MD. I do like their sunscreens on my face and I think they're kind of a good price point as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it gets crazy with some of these products that, um, they're in, insanely expensive. And unfortunately, people have bought into the marketing that they think they need that. They think they anything that's not that expensive doesn't work. And that's not true. Yeah, it is amazing. People think it's going to be a better product because it's more expensive. And you, you mentioned a vitamin A cream. It's not similar to like a retinol cream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So retinols and retinoids are vitamin A derivatives. Retinol is over the counter and then retinoid or retinoic acid is what you would get from like your dermatologist or a prescription. Now, one thing I've noticed um, also with my own skin, I've consistently used one since I had acne as a teenager and I just kept on it. So I've been on it for decades. And I really think this is, other than sunscreen, this is such a... Um, powerful product and like you get your the biggest bang for your buck by using this one ingredient uh but the problem is uh it it works slowly and a lot of times people give up before they see the benefits and it is irritating and as our skin gets drier it can be harder and harder to tolerate it i used to be able to use the strongest one out there every single night of, of my life. And now I use a, a mid one and I do it a couple of nights a week. Uh, so I think it's just important for people to know it is going to cause some dryness and irritation. Don't use a lot, start low, start slow. And if you're only using it a couple of nights a week, that is totally fine. And in fact, for people probably 40 up, um, that's really how you should be doing it unless you have really, really oily skin. But that product alone, um, I think is so powerful second to sunscreen that um, that's like my, my number two um, thing. If you're going to have an extra or you want to have, you want to really boost your collagen, you want to help your skin look even and uniform and, and just sort of have a glow. It's a great option. So, and fantastic tips. So let's talk about like some of the, the issues that women have. I would say the biggest issues that I see with the people I work with really are wrinkles and age spots. Did you see anything else besides that in terms of midlife and the skin changing? Yeah. Well, so I see a lot of skin cancer. So we frequently yeah. focus on the aesthetic part of, of, of aging, but starting around, I mean, I even see people in their, unfortunately, late twenties and thirties, but in general, 50s up, that's when we're starting to see uh, skin cancer. And with people living longer and, and, you know, living longer, healthier lives, uh, we're seeing more and more of these skin cancers and, you know, people and they're getting them time and time again. And if I could just give anyone advice, this is part of my like prevention uh, part of pro-aging is try to prevent that sun damage in the first place. Because when you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s and, and et cetera, you don't want to be coming in and having skin cancers cut off your face all the time. So I would say, yes, like the wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, and then um, skin cancer and precancers, we start to see those in, in mid midlife. 
Well, let's just add, we talked off air and I, you know, mentioned to that I'm in Costa Rica for half the year and I love, love, love SPF uh, clothing. I find yeah. it so much easier than slathering skincare. And I use more of a zinc cream, which is you end up looking like a ghost in all yeah. white, but I wear it, you know, on the beach and I wear it in the water. And then I, I use a moisturizer that just has um, a 50 SPF in it and uh, wear a hat. Yeah, like that's that that's what I do. I mean, I have my hat on and I've got long sleeves and I've got my sun shirt on, which I think they look cute, but maybe I'm alone out there. But um, yeah, I mean, I won't go swim without my sun shirt on uh, because it's just so much easier to prevent the sun damage in the first place. And I have kids. It's not like I'm not outside or not at the beach. I'm just uh, being smart about it because I see my patients going through skin cancer after skin cancer after skin cancer, which, you know, at best they're nuisances and at worst they, um, they can kill you if they are aggressive enough. So, um, just trying to be, be smart now. And, and the sun protective clothing they have nowadays is super breathable. It's like, you know, athletic wear nowadays, right? It's not, it, it wicks off the sweat. Um, it's very light. So don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to wear long sleeves and long pants in the summer. I'm going to be so hot. But I think you'll be surprised actually you're cooler in it because of the the fabric. So uh, right. yeah, I, I'm a big it's proponent. Light. And it yeah. is cute. There's a lot of companies that have really cute stuff. And I just find it so. easier than yeah. having to slather on a ton of sunscreen or I do put it on my face. So let's talk a little bit about hyperpigmentation. That's something that I'm noticing little bits of um, the spots coming, what we can do about that. I obviously to not make it happen prevention as well as can we reverse yeah. that? And then we can talk a little bit about wrinkles. Yeah. So hyperpigmentation is a big issue. And sometimes when people come to my office in sort of midlife and they've never really done anything before, but they want to sort of do something or they feel like they need like a refresh. One of the first things I'll recommend is to kind of erase or, or even out their skin tone, erase any sun damage that they have. And so I guess I should start off by saying why people get that hyperpigmentation uh, is frequently from sun damage. And so that just kind of adds up over the years, that sort of freckling, uh, the discoloration. Sometimes it can uh, come up as a lot of uh, red blood vessels on the face as well too. And so a lot of times before even diving into Botox or fillers or anything else, I'll say, let's just like even out your complexion and um, kind of rejuvenate, refresh your skin. And so I love a good, strong chemical peel for that to just remove all of that sun damage over the, the decades. It can be pretty intense for about a week. And then you've got this amazing glowing skin and it just makes everything look better. I just feel like when that canvas is nice and, and clean and clear, um, it really makes everything else look better too. So that's kind of one of my favorite things to do for someone who. Um, especially if they're not really looking to have something that's a commitment, they have to come in all the time and they want to keep it really natural. I'll say, well, let's just do a chemical peel. Uh, you could also do their lasers that do this kind of stuff too, that sort of um, remove clear and brilliant is one or some fractionated lasers can help uh, remove some pigment as well. So, um, and also using that vitamin A cream, your uh, retinol, retinoid, that's a great way sort of slowly to remove that discoloration as well. And what about wrinkles? What can we do about the, the 
although other than saying, you know, it's, it's a life well lived. So I'm certainly more of the pro aging and I'm 61 and, you know, know that I've, I've been around the block a couple of times, but are there things we can do to reverse some of the crow's feet, the wrinkles and things that naturally happen as we age? Yeah, well, first thing would be to, um, of course, we can't prevent them completely, but one of the fastest accelerators of wrinkles and age spots is the sun. So if, again, if you are being vigilant, wearing a hat, wearing your SPF, uh, you you are going to have fewer wrinkles than your friends and family who are not doing that. So prevention's number one. But yes, I mean, with time, we we also lose our collagen, we lose fat. And so um, we, you know, previously might have been able to scowl and those lines don't stay there. But with repetition, multiple times a day over decades, you can start to get those etched in lines. A lot of times people don't mind the lines around like their eyes, but they mind the the ones in between their eyebrows because that feels like an angry scowl. And, and they say, I'm tired of people saying, are you upset? Why are you angry? So that's why I find people come in and saying they do want to do something about the wrinkles. The best thing for, for wrinkles is uh, Botox or botulinum toxin is the generic name. So Botox, uh, Dysport, Xeomin, uh, Juvea, um, Daxify, those are all neuromodulators that prevent the muscles from firing. And so they prevent uh, those dynamic wrinkles that we get when you're angry and you're scowling or you're raising your eyebrows, it will soften those. And um, so I think that's a great option. And for a lot of people who want to keep it really simple and still have expression, we will just kind of focus just between the eyebrows to really just soften that angry expression. And we leave all the others um, so that they still look like themselves. They just don't look like an angry version of themselves. But you have to keep doing it. I mean, is it like you, a commitment that you have to? You up? do. It's not quite like getting your hair colored, <laughs> but if you so, it slowly comes on and then it slowly wears off. And so, I find that the more consistent you are, it, it, usually you can get about three to four months out of it. But I do find that if people do it fairly consistently, they almost train themselves not to make that expression. Now, if you have a lot of self control and you can really teach yourself not to make that expression, then you can do it yourself. Uh, but I do find that you're when you're not making, uh, because you can't make that expression, you start to not do it reflexively as much. But yes, if you, if you stop doing it, then the wrinkles will come back. So that's kind of a pro for some people. It's not permanent. It's not forever. Um, but yes, if you love it, then um, you do have to come in. I would say for the best results, you really need to do it about two to three times a year. Um, if you're just doing it once a year, um, you know, maybe for like an event or a party that might work, but um, it's not going to really prevent those etched in lines um, that you can get down the road. And there's been some interesting research around it actually can improve your mood. So yeah, actually use a lot using Botox as a way to not exactly an antidepressant, but as a way to actually help you to lift your mood because you're not making that expression, which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just kind of, um, I mean, it's amazing. It really just brightens the skin. And there's a lot of research studying, well, how can we do a topical Botox, right? Where we can get that skin glow without necessarily paralyzing the muscles. Uh, because I, you know, if you, if 
I see someone, I can almost tell they've had Botox and they just have this glow about them. And I'll tell people if they're getting it for the first time, I say, you know, don't tell people and see what they say. And a lot of times they'll come back and say, yeah, people just thought like, oh, you look so great. Did you just get back from a vacation or did something really great just happen um, that you just seem uh, less angry, less tired, more uh, refreshed and brighter, but still you. I think people have this fear because of the over uh, overdoneness of a lot of celebrities and public figures that if, if you do cosmetics, you're going to look like a freak. You're going to look weird and bizarre and totally not resemble yourself. But, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. There's very natural ways to do it as well without going, you know, down that rabbit hole. So speaking of natural ways, let's talk a little bit about diet, exercise, sleep, stress, and decreasing inflammation. What are some of your top ways to help people with their lifestyle? And how does that give you better looking skin? Yeah, well, so what I realized is that for most of my life up until my 30s, I could uh, have a poor diet, uh, drink very little water, uh, get very little sleep, and I, I was able to fake it for so long. And then I hit my 40s and I realized like, this isn't gonna, uh, this isn't gonna cut it anymore. And um, that I really was abusing my body and not prioritizing my own health, which I think a lot of women do, especially when you have kids and jobs and careers and all that. And so over the last probably four years or so, I've really um, ma made it my mission to really focus on my health first and foremost. So um, exercise, getting up, moving around, not only is it going to um, you know keep your uh, BMI at a, a good uh, number, but it's good for your muscles. And, and we've also have studies showing that doing resistance training, which is so important for menopausal and postmenopausal women, that that actually they have done studies where your collagen, or it seems to boost your collagen, the dermis of the skin is thicker when uh, people are doing that. And it helps Even your if you bones. Train, if you strength, yeah. train, it's going to improve your skin. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. So <laughs> another reason to do it, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's not sexy. It doesn't necessarily sell a lot of stuff to say like, you know, uh, do all the things, you know, you're supposed to do eat well, um, eating a lot of sugars, which this is something I, I used I had such a sweet tooth, but, um, a lot of refined sugars, what they do is they bind onto our collagen and they form these things called AGEs. And then they make the collagen very brittle. And so if, if you have two people who are equal in everything, except one eats a lot of refined processed sugar and the other doesn't, the one who eats more sugar is going to age faster because of that collagen uh, degradation from the sugar. So just, I'm not, I, I'm certainly not someone who um, says, you know, never enjoy life and don't enjoy a dessert or a glass of wine and things like that. But just be mindful of that because what you eat, what you're putting into your body matters. If you're eating a lot of processed food, a lot of just junk, your skin's not going to glow. So really try to eat a uh, whole food diet where the, the food you're eating resembles what it naturally is. And uh, there's a big push for increasing protein. Again, super important for women as we age and, and really everyone. Um, it's They're probably not getting as much protein as we need. And then our muscles start to atrophy. And so um, increasing protein is another important thing. Sleep is super critical. 
I feel like we, when I was younger, it was like a badge of honor to brag about how little sleep you needed. And uh, now I find that people are starting to realize like, that's really nothing to be proud about. Really, you should be getting seven, eight hours of sleep. You feel better. You look better. You make better choices. You eat better when you've had sleep. So um, these are all the things like I really say, this is like the foundation because I can't, all the retinol, all the vitamin C, all the Botox in the world is not going to fix poor diet, lack of sleep, not drinking water, drinking alcohol excessively, I, it's not going to be able to fix all that. So I think, unfortunately, people are looking for, well, what, what are the topical things I can do? What are the things from the outside I can do? But really, it does have to start on the inside. And I'm sure all the things that you tell your, your clients and uh, your patients about. Yeah, I've been a dietitian for 30 years and it's certainly changed a lot, but I think that that emphasis on more of a whole food plant-based diet, because that really helps with inflammation and we didn't mention stress as well. So if you're stressed out, if you're anxious, your cortisol levels are going to be going up. That's going to be creating inflammation and it's going to you know, show up in your skin, but it's also yeah. creating issues inside the body. So I think the skin is a really good barometer of your overall health. But if you're listening, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it just seems so much. You don't have to do it all at once. I yeah. People you know, stick an apple in your pocket. And so that at three o'clock, you won't go to the vending machine, you know, try to cut down on caffeine and make sure again, the sleep is super important, but just try to add, you know, some servings of fruits and vegetables. And I think omega-3 fatty acids, that, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but I think that having more healthy fats in your diet is probably also really yeah. important. And I love, love, love that you mentioned the protein. I was just seeing my physician and I had always I'd always thought the literature is one to 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. And he was telling me if you want to put muscle mass on, which I think we want to do as we age, because as estrogen goes down, we're losing muscle mass and we're also yeah. less active. He was saying more like one per pound of body weight, which is, which yeah. is a bit of protein, but that's getting hundred, 120, 130 grams of protein a day is, is challenging, but it, I yeah. think running, we're, we're boosting that amount. Yeah. And, and be cognizant of it. I've actually was a, a vegetarian or pescatarian for 27 years. I hadn't eaten uh, poultry or meat in, since I was 16. And I noticed myself making chicken for my kids or uh, I'd be somewhere and there's only chicken as an option or meat. And then I'm like stuck eating like a bag of chips because there's nothing non or nothing vegetarian for me. And I'm thinking this isn't healthy. Like just eat chicken and I could tell my body needed it. So now, um, my, my husband can't believe it, but now I'm eating, I'm eating meat, I'm eating poultry, uh, and, and I feel better. I felt like I really was missing something in my diet. And so, um, I don't think I'm at one, one gram per pound, uh, <laughs> myself personally, but it's something I'm really thinking about and cognizant of. And, uh, yeah. And it's really why I, I actually left being a pescatarian, um, after so many years that I just felt like I wasn't getting the protein I needed. Yeah, it's hard, but I think if you're focused on them, you can do things like I'm real big on protein powders. I don't know how you feel about yeah. actually eating collagen. If it impacts your skin, I've heard both sides of the story, but having a yeah. morning, how do you feel about collagen? Um, yeah. So I, I don't personally take it myself and you're absolutely right. There's, um, there's some data suggesting that taking a hydrolyzed collagen supplement can boost your collagen. Now, um, some people will say, well, how does it know to boost the collagen in your face and not somewhere else? But um, it seems like by taking the collagen, it's not so much that that collagen 
collagen is then deposited directly into your skin, but that hydrolyzed collagen promotes collagen synthesis, um, which can improve your skin. So they have done studies showing that there's improvement in fine lines and wrinkles um, after taking collagen supplements. They are expensive, but I think that's something if you want to do and you feel like it's helping, um, go for it. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. And, and there is some data to show it could be helpful. That's good to know. Well, Costco has it. So it's, oh, okay. it's not too pricey. I mean, it's a okay. little more than whey protein, but I find like having a smoothie in the, in the morning with, um, a lot of produce getting, a you know, getting some leafy greens in there, getting yeah. some cookies in there. Um, looking for things like I think the the uh, protein pastas, the pastas made with beans. So even if you're having like a sauce yeah. with meat, just but you have to be cognizant that all your meals yeah. and steps are having. But I think there's a lot of interesting foods out there. But you definitely have to make an effort. I don't, I don't think I'm at the hundred grams yeah. of protein level <laughs> yet, but um, I'm I'm working on it. So good good tips. Yeah, um, just... If you're listening, you don't need to do it all at once. And if you are yeah. struggling, reach out to me at the Midlife Whisper. I've been a dietitian for 30 years and I'm a board certified health and wellness coach. So I love helping people make those changes and also helping people also deal with their emotional eating, which is I think that people are going for the alcohol, going for the yeah. sugar to try to feel better. But the research really shows that it actually doesn't make your, you feel better emotionally in the moment. It's distracting, but it doesn't necessarily make you feel better. So you don't need to make all the changes all at once. So um, just to yeah. wrap it up, what are your top three takeaways for creating beautiful skin in midlife? Yeah, well, kind of just to um, follow up on what you just said, same thing with your skin, right? It can feel overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know where to start. I've got so much to, uh, I, I didn't do the prevention part she talked about, and now I'm 60, and what am I going to do? Um, so I would say, A, just take a deep breath and um, give yourself grace. Stop comparing yourself to other people or what you see on the internet and all that. My, my number one tip would be, if you really are serious about getting healthy skin, then I would see a board certified dermatologist. I think too many people run out to uh, people who aren't really trained in skin health and, and they're being sold a lot of stuff or they're falling for gimmicks and stuff like that. So um, I would say the best thing you can do for your skin is check in with a dermatologist, find someone who has similar kind of approach that you like or you vibe with. Uh, if you don't want cosmetics, don't go see someone whose main focus is cosmetics. If you want, there are a lot of dermatologists though who do both. Uh, you can get a, a skin check where they can check for precancers and, and skin cancers because not all brown spots on the face are sunspots. Sometimes they're melanomas. And I see this all the time. They get lasered or uh, they try to be removed and um, they keep coming back. So, you know, kind of touch base with your dermatologist first and foremost, um, get a good skincare plan in place. And again, it can be really simple and you can get it at the, the drugstore. And um, yeah, so a simple skincare plan, see your dermatologist and also just um, appreciate what your body is going through. Um, have sort of a abundant mindset, have a positive um perspective with aging that you aren't, like you said earlier, you're not going to look like you did at 26, but that doesn't mean you can't still feel great about yourself. Be beautiful. You're just beautiful in a different way. And it doesn't mean a bad different way. It just means different. And I, I think we need to have more acceptance of women getting older because we, we find that men look distinguished when they're older, but we haven't quite gotten to that acceptance for women. And so I'd like to see more of that uh, acceptance 
for aging and not trying to look like you were when you were 25, because then you end up just looking weird. There are certainly tons of stuff we can do as dermatologists, their aesthetic things. And if you're interested in that, again, see your dermatologist, they can be done very naturally. They can be done where you still look like yourself. And if that's going to help you feel better, then um, talk to someone about it. Yeah. Great tips. But I love that idea of obviously seeing a dermatologist, wear your sunscreen. Absolutely. You don't need to go crazy. You can buy over the counter things take care of the lifestyle things and feel good about yourself. And it's one I teach is practicing self-compassion because it actually can shift your body image. So you feel better about who and what you see in the mirror. So Dr. Mina, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Where can people connect with you in terms of your podcast and your social media? Yeah. So I'm on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, it's the skin reel, R-E-A-L. People always ask me, it's not like a, a video reel. And as you know, for real information, if you are interested in learning about uh, how to determine your skincare habits and type, like we kind of talked about earlier, you can go to my website, theskinreel.com forward slash habits for uh, a free PDF on that. And my social media handle is at Dr. Mina Skin. Okay. So it's the Skin Reel is the podcast, theskinreel.com for your website. If you want to get those tips and at Dr. I'm sorry, drmina.com. It's at Dr. Mina Skin. Yep. At Dr. Mina Skin. Perfect. We'll we'll follow you. And thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight. Thank you, Dr. Ellen. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you all for being here. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We'll see you soon.